0: or you can find us at our website, Medorchurch.com It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. In the book of Matthew, I'd like to direct you to the 18th chapter, the book of Matthew chapter 18. I'm going to read several verses here to get our starting point. Praise God. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as a little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones, which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone would hang around his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe. Everybody say, be cautious. Woe unto the world because... Of offenses. It's got an exclamation mark because it's important. Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off. And cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life, halt or maim, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. And if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than to have two eyes to be cast into hellfire. fire. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord, today. What heavy words that you presented to us, but, oh, God, help us to untangle them, Lord, into a a clear message that you have for us today, that we may understand the problem of offense, that we may understand, Lord, the need to become like a little child, Lord. And I pray that there would be a removal of stumbling blocks today. Lord, that there would be a removal of things, God, that keep us from progressing into our designated purpose and promise. Father, I ask for your help today. Oh, God, of my life, Lord Jesus, to be a vessel used for your glory. But most of all, Lord, let me be a fruit-producing, spirit-filled child of God, Lord, that I may represent you even in this life today. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. In this house today, every every one of us has a story. Every one of us has a story. Every one of us has been through some things. In this building right now is representative of deep hurts, abuse, wrongs, offenses that we have come against, pains that we wouldn't want to share with anybody. If you find somebody that's always talking about their abuse, then they probably weren't abused very bad, because if they are truly abused, most suffer In silence. Let me tell you a couple stories that illustrate this. These are people that that I pastored somewhere north, south, east, west of here. First, I'll call them Mary. She was a, a lady that was abused through ministry, abused through betrayal and hurt and pain and suffering, sickness was her daily uh, activity as far as a front where she was sick all the time, had problems in her back, had problems in her life. And the Lord spoke to me one time, and I went and prayed for her, and I said, I said Sister, if you'll forgive, God will heal your body. If you will forgive, God will heal your body. And it was like a hot oil from glory when I began to pray overflowed this dear lady as you could watch the relief coming. As we were praying, the Spirit of God came upon her and she willingly forgave. But somewhere between that altar experience and a few days later, she brought it back. The pain Sometimes it's so hard that it's, it becomes like a, a sad, pathetic, familiar friend that we have lived with so long. It's like, I don't know how to live without this. I don't know how to live without this hurt. I don't know how to live without this pain. And sadly, the same sickness that she was delivered with in that one moment came back upon her because she forgave but she didn't walk in that forgiveness. Another sister that I will tell you about that we pastored in another location, I'm going to call her Pam. Pam had an abusive father. Pam watched as her father would beat her mother mercilessly. She watched from the trash can often as As her dad would throw her in the trash can as a little child and she would peer over that garbage and begin to watch as her dad beat her mother. Verbally abused her. Pain in her life was hard. Life is hard when the father then ultimately leaves them and abandons them. And and so it is her mother having to raise this one child all by herself. And this child sees this. Pam came to know the Lord at the the time of her being a child. She did not know the Lord. She came to know the Lord and, and the Lord filled her with his spirit. The Lord gave her a glorious walk with God. But she, over the years, continued to deal with these memories and this pain and, 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 and this lady suffered in her knee so bad. She was way too young to have this knee problem. And the Lord spoke to me and said to tell her if she'll forgive, God will heal her knees. And so Sister Pam did that. She just released it that day. And God instantly healed her knees. The difference between the first sister and the second sister is that the second sister walked in forgiveness after that. Dealt with it after that. The other returned like an old friend to a bad situation, an abusive situation, allowed that bitterness to come in, and that spirit of infirmity came with it. I want to tell you today that I believe that there are certain sicknesses that are connected to bitterness and hurt, And pain and abuse. That when you release forgiveness, there will be a healing virtue that will wash over your body. Not just your mind and your emotions, but over your physical being. If that is the case, then there are some today that are bound with sickness, with thoughts, with hurts, with scars... There are those that are bound by uh, such pain. Some some years ago I preached a conference and the Lord gave me a a message on abuse and I asked in that apostolic conference, church conference, uh, if you have ever been abused in your life and and about half of that congregation made their way to that altar because they had been abused in their life. And that means that there are many that would not even come forward because of their shame or they didn't want anybody to know what they had been through. I want to tell you, you've got a story, I've got a story. I have been wronged and you have been wronged. I have been hurt and you have been hurt. Amen. There are those today that think they're the only one that's ever been offended. They're the only one that has ever been hurt. They're the only one that's ever been put through the ringer and the meal of pain and suffering and woe. But there is a lot of folks today that has met their bitterness. And they have forgiven and moved on. They have met their pain and they have forgiven and they have moved on. The issue is, will you let it go today? Will you let the pain go? Will you let the right to have hurt in your life go? Amen. The healing power of God wants to come upon somebody today and set you free. God wants you to be free, free of abuse, free of hurt, free of wrong, free of those that have done something to you that is so painful. We claim to be spirit-filled, but we live in bondage. We are citizens of heaven, but we are not free. We stumble around with the load of pain and bondage. Amen. If we are the people of God, filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, then we must walk in that dynamic liberty. The difference is, is that it's okay we can operate in the gift. We can speak in tongues. We can have the gift of the spirit. But what is missing is the fruit of the spirit because you cannot have unforgiveness and bitterness and and, and abuse in your mind and your life and at the still time, at the same time have love joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, and temperance. Amen. There is something that God wants to do for somebody in this place this morning. He wants to set you free from the bitterness and pain. Your choice and mine is to let it go. Let it go. Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. Stand fast. Therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Amen. The church is a place of freedom. The church is a place where you can have liberty. It is available not just to some but to all. There is no special criteria about race, creed, culture, color, status, uh, of Of social living doesn't matter how m- how much money you have doesn't matter what your background has been doesn't matter who has hurt you who has not hurt you doesn't matter what you've been through and the pain that you've been through there's a promise to every child of God. stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ had made us free. there is a freedom that surpasses the pain that is in your body because they said that because they did that because this happened to you and you didn't ask for it many in the church deal with deep scars and pains that were connected to relationships that should have been a wonderful experience, but it became a hurt experience. Not just any hurt, but a hurt that goes deep. Verbal abuse. There's verbal abuse... Whoever said, and I believe it was Sister Gil was talking about this the other day, she, she quoted that line that says, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Whoever said that was a moron. I don't know if that's her word or mine, but uh, that's mine. It's a moron. Words can be more damaging. There are Sometimes I'd rather somebody had hit me with their fist than had hit me with their barrage of words and things that are said. And, and, and so you have a, you have verbal abuse, and you've got physical abuse, where it is actually a a, a physical articulation that somebody takes advantage of you, over, uh, does something to you that is beyond speakable. Uh, uh, you can't talk about it in polite company. You don't want don't to talk about it. There's psychological abuse. You know, those people that are, are passive aggressive and they do things that, that you, you got hit and you didn't know it until sometime later. You ever been around those kind of people? Psychological They can do things that can make you hurt so desperately wounded because of the psychology that they use on you. And then now today we've got a new kind of hurt and I'm just hitting the surface. There's all kinds of abuse, but there's a new word that circulates throughout our culture. And that is I have church hurt. I have church hurt. There is nothing like the abuse of a man of God that uses his authority to be abusive. God help us today that there are those today that carry the mantle of pastor and elder and teacher that have used the pulpit as a way to bully their their opinions and bully their thoughts and, and push people and call people names. And You folks today... Realize that there are some churches that have a bully pastor that'll call you out by name in the middle of a service and preach to you. Church hurt. All kinds of church hurt. I want to tell you, you can lump them all together. Every every abuse from a to see. You can lump them all together because I've been hurt by this. I've been hurt by that. I've been hurt by this brother, that sister, this situation. And there is an answer for every one of them. There is a way to have victory over every one of them. Amen. There is a way to have victory over bitterness and wounds and hurt that goes deep. There is a way. And I know it's going to sound very simple, but it's let it go. Let it go. You either have the choice to be the container of poison and hurt and allow that to become your life or you have the choice by the gospel of Jesus Christ who said, I forgive you. Now you forgive them. When you study the book of Matthew chapter 18... It is perhaps one of the most important chapters in the Bible when it comes to hurts, abuse, and relationship. You see, God wants you to be healthy. Somebody say, God wants me to be healthy. Healthy in my mind, healthy in my body, amen. God wants me to be healthy, and yet life is not always healthy. Relationships are not always healthy. Sometimes they're toxic. Sometimes they're painful. Amen. And we live with the effects of that hurt and that disappointment and that pain. And it's not sometimes pain that even happens to you. It could have happened to a generation before you that they passed it all the way down. Amen. You know why the Hatfields hate the McCoys? Because they passed it down you know why? That there are some people that that, that they they sow bitterness into their children. They talk about their hurts and their pains and how they've been wronged and what they've been done and not knowing that they're putting that bitterness into their child and that child's going to grow up and feel like they're abused, but they would never even know what happened to them. Amen. Can I tell you there's an answer for that? Let it go. There's an answer for it. Let it go. Jesus started this chapter on relationship issues and he said, you got to come like a little child. We are training our kids to be so mature way too early. <clears throat> All the information that they get in their hand, in their lives, they're, 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 they're getting to where they're being mature way too early. Amen. I was a kid one time. A few years ago but I can tell you this about kids because I was one is that kids can fight and bicker and carry on but as a simple child the next day they'll go play together when I was a little boy my best friend David David and I got the Holy Ghost the same night David and I danced in spoken tongues the same night he was my best friend as a little boy and there was a, a young man who was a young Bible college student, if you would please, that decided that he was going to have fun with David and I. So he put a wedge between us. And he started, yeah, 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 over here and over here. And, and started telling, you know, what, you know what David said? You know what Tim said? You know what this one said? You know what the, and, and all of a sudden, David and I are at odds with one another. With one another and we get to fighting. I'm talking about it was brawl. It was biting and kicking, scratching and clawing. We were mad at each other. But it wasn't too long until my dad got a hold of it and he realized what had happened. He said, son, it wasn't David that hurt you. It was this man that tried to have fun and sport with you because he wanted to watch y'all fight. And you know what happened to me is that I realized, you know what? David's still my buddy. David's still my friend. Children are quick to let things go. Oh, that we would have the heart of a child and that we would not hold grudges forever and ever and realize that tomorrow I'm going to play with them. I'm going to have a good time with my friend. Amen. Don't allow situations to be a monument to your abuse to where you begin to say, that is my life. No, it is not your life. Freedom is your life. Freedom is what God wants you to be. He said, If you want to come to the kingdom of heaven, you've got to become like a little child. Then he says, Woe to you that put a stumbling block in front of a child. He called it a millstone offense. There are some things that are happening in our culture today that I believe is nothing more than a millstone offense is that God's got their number. God's got their number for the junk they're putting in some of the school libraries. God's got the number for some of the stuff that is being taught to our children and raising up a generation full of anger and hate and just full of of outrage. God is going to deal with that, amen. But we are living in a day where woes and offenses will come. He said, woe unto the world because of offenses. He says offenses will come, but don't let it come from you. Hey Amen. We are living in a world of offense. There is nothing but whole YouTube channels about people getting offended. Hollering at parking lots at each other. Cussing at each other. Angry because they, 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 they parked a little bit too close to their vehicle. And this spirit of the age is something that is like cancer spreading. We need to realize that there's a healing for that cancer. It's called forgiveness and let it go. Amen. Offense. Offense. The word offense comes from the Greek word scandalon, which has two basic meanings it means any stumbling block that is placed. In a man's way to trip him up, the second meaning and its original meaning is: it is the bait stick that th- that trips the trap. It's it's that 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 pad on the on the bottom of a bear trap that 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 bear is going to put its foot on that that bottom and that trap's going to click. That's what offense is. Satan. Doesn't care who he gets to be offended because what he wants is not for you to be offended. He wants you to be trapped to feel like you can't be free to feel like you're incarcerated by those motions, those motions and those hurts. Have you those words that were said? Have you those actions? Have you what they did to you and how they did it to you? That's the trap that is around you. But I want to tell you today, God said, "I come to set the captive free." I come to set you free from all the traps of the enemy. One of the signs of the last days is offense. Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 9, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets arise, shall deceive many. And because iniquity, everybody say lawlessness. That's what that is. Because lawlessness shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. It is interesting that betrayal is not before offense. That hatred is not before offense. That false prophets don't rise up before offense or deception before offense. But offense happens first. Offense comes in. That offense then leads to betrayal, and the betrayal leads to hatred, and then the hatred leads to false thinking. That leads to lies and false prophets. Amen. And uh, and and things that are deceptively wrong, they're just false. somebody's false. amen and they will deceive enemy it many but what is missing is love. Love begins to wax. Cold. And the word love here is the God kind of love. It's the agape kind of love. Let me just say, I don't want my love of God to become cold. Then I've got to go back to the root problem. And that is somewhere in my life I got offended. Can I tell you, many that have walked away from the apostolic truth did so because they were offended. Because somebody didn't say something to them or they didn't get elected or something didn't happen to them like they thought it should have. They are now offended. Amen. Brother Chris, I've watched it over and over and over and over again. It's not a new revelation. It's an offense. Got hurt. Got hurt. The rise of offense leads to the rise of lovelessness. What we need today, the answer to offense, is love and forgiveness. The answer to offense is love and forgiveness. We don't just uh, disagree on politics anymore. We get offended. We don't just disagree about... Uh, 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 what is right about sex, uh, we get offended and then we get angry. Amen. We don't just disagree about theology. We get angry about theology. There's a word they now call it. It's called triggered. I get triggered because something happens. I get triggered and then they go down a path. Amen. That leads them to despair and anxiety and hurts. And I'm telling you today in the Holy Ghost, there's a way to break that trigger there's a way that 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 kind of thing will never bother you again it could be said, their name could be called and it never bother you again you can see them at Walmart and it never bother you again because there's a freedom of letting go I'm not telling you something that I know just in theory I've practiced it in my life I've watched how my bitterness rose to a level, level of deception and I had to go make it right Triggered, offended, trapped. That's what offends us. The writer of Proverbs says in 11 and 17, the merciful man doeth good to his own soul. Let me write, read it in Tim Gill translation, paraphrase. The forgiving man, the man that lets go, the woman that lets go does good to his own soul. Does good to his own soul. Then he, but he says, but he that is cruel, outraged, angry, troubles his own flesh. Your pain and bitterness and abuse is hurting to you. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. But can I tell you, forgiveness will help your soul? Amen. Can you lift your hands right now? God is wanting to move, and the enemy is just trying to move as well. But I, I, I want somebody to walk away here from this place today free. Free. Amen. We read the scripture. In apostolic circles from Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14. Follow peace. How many remember that? Follow peace with all. Follow peace with all men and holiness. With, without which no man shall see the Lord. And we quote that, but do you know that it's not even a period at the end of that sentence. That means there's a continued thought. Men, get this. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. How many you know that God's been graceful to you and merciful to you? I didn't deserve his forgiveness. I didn't deserve for him to say, I let go. I let go. I deserve punishment. I deserve the cross. I deserve guilty stamped on my head. But yet he said, I let it go. Lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. Not the one you're bitter at, But you, and thereby many be defiled, continuing, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meal sold his birthright. Many today in apostolic ranks are selling their birthright over a root of bitterness. They come and they shout and run the aisle and they sing and they hoop and they dance. And yet there's such anger and hostility towards people that they cannot have the peace that God wants with them. They cannot follow peace with themselves, much less other people. Amen. And so there is this this one morsel of of bitterness that springs up. Amen. Then he said in, in verse 17, for we know that how afterwards when he would have inherited the blessing he was rejected for he found no place of repentance though he sought it carefully with tears there is a place that the root of bitterness may not even may not keep you out of heaven or it might Or it might, but it sure will keep you from your blessing. It will keep you from your promise. It will keep you from peace. It'll keep your soul from being able to lay your head down tonight without recanting all the things that people said about you and what they did to you and how they offended you. I'm preaching to somebody today that needs to hear the word. You want revival? Then deal with this. You want to go to your next level with God? Amen. Then deal with this. You want your birthright? Then deal with this. Let it go. Then he said, continuing the story, and I'm, I'm not going to go into depth about this, but we've talked about it, where he says, if, if, if you have an offense, or you've been mistreated, or somebody's done something falsely, and there's a fault between you and your brother, you go to him directly. It's what Jesus teaches us from 15 to 20. He says, you go to him directly. If he doesn't receive you, then you go and bring witnesses. Not witnesses that are just on your side. Oh, that'll preach and teach all day long. But you go because those witnesses are there to try you as well as the other person. And he says, if he neglects to hear them, then you bring it before the church. Amen. If they refuse, then you have to let them go and be as the heathen and a publican. That means just let them be an outcast in the eyes of God. <laughs> Such a horrible place to be. I don't want to get to a third strike with God. I want to let it go on first account. I want to let it go the first time. Hallelujah. And then he said, that's where he says... In verse 18, he said, Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Somebody say relationship. Relationship. He wants your relationship to be healed. He said, If two of you will agree on earth as touching anything, that they shall ask it, it shall be done of them by my Father. Amen. Let me just tell you, there's a lot of people that are so stuck on their little petty offense. And yes, I did say petty because it keeps them from their promise. It keeps them from their blessing. And I want everything God has for me. I don't want to sell it out for a morsel of bitterness or a morsel because something was said years ago. Amen. Oh, God, I can't afford to let that rise up in me. I want the promise. I want to be able to say whatever we bind together, it's going to be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose together, it's going to be loose in heaven. That doesn't mean that I get my way or you get your way. That means I get Jesus' way and you get Jesus' way. Let it go. I'm talking to you today about a topic that is pivotal to revival in your own life. Pivotal to revival in your church life for all of us. Then Jesus said in Matthew 18 and 21, Now, he's talking about this dealing with all these issues from the very beginning. He's talking about relationship and talking about offenses. And then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? How many times? How many times? Shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? He said, until seven That's one. That's two. You see, the rabbis taught three times. They were super spiritual. The Hebrew rabbis taught that three times was how many times you should forgive, and then it's Katie barred the door off with their head. And so Peter, being very spiritual, said, I'm going to take this to a large, a higher plane. I'm going to go for that perfect number. Seven. Lord, shall I forgive them seven times? They did this to me seven times. Should I forgive them? (laughs) He said until seven. What's the next verse? What did Jesus say then? He said to them, I say not unto thee until seven times, but 70 times seven. I, I can't count that far. I can't put that in my column. That won't fit in my spreadsheet, amen. What is Jesus saying? He said it's not about the number, it's about your heart. It's about having a right kind of heart to forgive. How many times has Jesus forgiven me? How many times did Jesus sit up there in heaven making a record? Or does he say, neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. Is there? How many times have I lied, cheated, stole, and done things that I shouldn't have done that I've gone before the Lord and said, oh, forgive me. How many times did I have thoughts that were not right? And I went to him and he forgives me. He lets it go as far as the east is from the west. Amen. He said it's put there where it can never meet again. I want to talk to you about something. I realize that we have folks today that are very gifted when it comes to counseling. In this building, we have gifted counselors. And I hope that what I'm about to say will help you in your ministry going forward. Because in the eyes of the world today, counseling is premier. You go to counseling, that'll fix your problems. And I believe in good counseling, but I also believe in the good book. I believe in this good book. I want to tell you, Sister Gill brought this to my attention the other day, something that she read. Boy, it struck a chord with me. You go to counseling, and they will teach you the path to be ready to forgive. They'll teach you the path how to move towards letting it go. But when you look at the Bible, there is no path before forgiveness. There is no plan to get you to forgiveness. It is forgive. I don't have a choice and three steps to to forgiveness and seven steps to forgiveness. No, it's forgiveness. It's when you let something go, you let it go. You don't hold on to it. Amen. But there's a lot of people today that they want somewhere that they can get all their act together before they can ever forgive. But that is not what the Lord calls us to. He calls us to forgiveness, and then he empowers us with the plan to know how to do it afterwards. This is where a good counselor can come into effect, where they can say, listen, you are forgiven. Now here's a way to get it out of your mind, get it out of your spirit, to think right, and to walk in that forgiveness. There's no qualifications. There's no, you know, calisthenics. It's just forgive. At the, then, then, then he answers Peter with a story. He says in Matthew 18 and 23 Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he began to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, the Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had and payment be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshiped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him. Somebody say, Loosed him. That means let him go. He forgave the debt. When you forgive, you loose it. When you forgive, you loose that abuse. When you forgive, you say, I loose my right to be angry with them. I loose my right to judge them. I put it in the hands of God, and I say, I let it go. They said those words to me. They did this to me, but I release them. Do you realize what's happening is the container of bitterness begins to be washed out with the power of God's so you can live free in God's power. But that servant found him somebody and he went out to one of his fellow servants in verse 28 that owed him a hundred pence. Whew. I did some figures one time. What this guy owed the king was $4.5 billion. That's, if I paid $4.5 billion, just let that sink in. That's $150 million paid in a year. It'd take him 30 years to pay it off. If he paid $12.5 million a month, he'd pay it off. $416,667.66, he'd have to pay every day to pay it off. The king loosed him. But when this guy found the fellow servant that owed him a little debt, matter of fact, he said, if he owed me anything, he don't even know if he owes him anything. He you know, there's some kind of some kind of little bitty petty something. How many times have we went to an altar and we owed God a debt we could not pay? But he said, I loose you. I loose you. I forgive you. But we want to hold on to the grudge of verbal abuse, physical abuse, abuse, psychological abuse, church hurt. We hold on to it. Can I tell you the good way to get rid of church hurt? Let it go and quit talking about it. Don't read every stinking book that comes out about it and how bad this is and how rough it is and, and all the different books. Believe you me, I've read them, I've looked at them, I've studied them, and I can tell you firsthand that this is the best way. This is the best way. Let it go. Say, I'm not going to hold this against them. I'm gonna, but pastor, they did such and such and such to me. Pastor, they hurt me so miserably. Yes, and they're living their life not giving a care. Let it go. Let it go. In the Holy Ghost, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. I'm... I'm preaching this in my spirit today because there are some that are wanting to be free, but they're holding on to the bondage of bitterness and trying to let go at the same time. Amen. I believe today that if we will forgive, Jesus said, if you forgive men in Matthew 6 and 14, he says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you Will, for not, will forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. What is He saying? Oh, I want to be quick to forgive because I want a God relationship that He is quick to forgive me. Amen. Letting it go has absolutely nothing to do with who's right or wrong. Well, they did me wrong. And they may say, you done them wrong. Letting it go has nothing to do with who's right and who's wrong. It's over forgiving the right to penalize somebody. Y'all know, y'all know that it ain't so-and-so. That Uncle Shoelace and... and milk toast, come to every meeting, and they relive and recount what so-and-so did to them 50 years ago. What are they doing? I'm holding the right to pass judgment on this situation. The book says, vengeance is... That's it. The vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. But what else does he say? I... We'll repay. Huh. Now, if you want to know a little trick, when you let it go, then start, I'm going to tell you about a way how to really help them. Be kind to them. Be nice to them. Treat them well. Now, I didn't say this, but the book says it. And in so doing, you heap I'm not saying you do it because you want to heap coals of fire on them. But I will tell you, the reason it is that way is because the world can't understand that. Kindness. Gentleness. Let it go. Stand with me, please. Let the offense go. Let the right to be offended go. If you hold on to it, hear me. If you hold on to offense, it'll ultimately consume your life and destroy your possibility to your birthright. Let it go. Deal with it this morning. Deal with it this morning. I would much rather live my worship in love, joy, peace, and long suffering and gentleness faith and meekness and kindness that is the fruit of the spirit then I would live to be anointed with a gift because a gift can be operated with offense but fruit cannot cannot Jesus said woe unto the world because of offenses it's going to come it is here let's be different Let's let it go. You got somebody that hurt you, did you wrong? Let it go. But I want to carry that out. I want, I, I want to make sure they know how bad they treated me. Let it go. I want them to know that they said what they should have not said. and what, Let it go. Let it go. <clears throat> Several years ago, at the birth of Of Whitney, we suffered some major setbacks financially. Issues happened and things went on and beyond our control. And I had three prominent men, three prominent men in the assembly of the Lord Jesus Christ that hurt me deeply. Men that I had such great high confidence in. Men that I knew were great men of God, and yet. I got so hurt. Not only did I got hurt, I got bitter. And I made sure that everywhere I went, every preacher I talked to, I spewed out what they did and how they did us dirty and what they should. For three years, Brother Jason, I ate that up for three years until it destroyed me and brought me down so low. You see, it didn't destroy their relationship. It didn't hurt them. They didn't have a clue what they did. But it hurt my relationship with my own wife. Hurt my relationship with others. Until I come to the moment that I had to decide to let it go. I went to all three of those men weeping and say, Forgive me, for I have this in my heart against you, and I'm so sorry. Can I tell you, all three of them are still some of the most respected men I've ever known and I have relationship with. Some have died been gone on, but they died without me being bitter. I can go to the funeral and I can say, thank you for what you did in my life. I'm not going to allow that hurt to dominate me I wish that somebody here, you know, I could tell more stories and you could tell more stories. But today, let's let it go. No qualifications, no six steps, no seven steps, no do this, then do it. No, it's forgive and then ask God to help you and he will. Hallelujah. Today, if you've been hurt in your life, if you have been wounded, step out, come to this front right now and let it go. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Let it go. Say, they said that to me. They did this to me. Let it go. Just let it go. You want revival in your life? Let it go. You want forgiveness in your own world? Let it go. Don't hold it. Don't let it be a container of poison. Let it go. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't let it be a trigger. Let it go. Don't let it be a trap. Let it go. Don't let it be an offense that stays with you all your life. Let it go. Let it go. I don't know how it's going to work out. Let it go. I don't know what the future looks like. Let it go. Hallelujah. Go, let it go, let it go. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.